Welcome back to another epic episode of the Rocky Mountain Racing Review Podcast. Today we're going to be interviewing the fastest man in the state, the Big DA. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Derek Anderson has decided to retire from racing, and uh, we here at Rocky Mountain Racing Review wanted to give him the proper send-off to everybody and also introduce him to those who don't quite know all that Derek has accomplished within the sport of motocross. Some of you may not know, but Derek and Tucker Say were on that MX versus ATV Supercross before this whole Monster Energy Supercross video game um, was really popular. Um, and that's before I even knew Derek, um, I raced against him on that video game. And Derek was always had like a super fast character, and then meeting him in person. Uh, was like the highlight of my life and then I used to work at the dealership like I've said before and then um, Tucker was actually the the rep there so then Tucker came into the uh, to the shop and everybody was just like oh yeah it's just Tucker saying I lost it because I was playing video games against these guys or as their characters on the, the games and I thought it was just these guys were awesome right so uh Meeting him in person was was a pretty pretty good highlight, and then he's an awesome dude as well. All these pros, so he agreed to kind of come on and do a, a phone call interview. I was supposed to go to his house, but then the snow came and it, it ended up being pretty bad. And um, I just wanted to stay in, and that was my fault. So now that we got set up with phone calls, we're just gonna do a, a phone call interview, and then he's gonna be the first, and then that way we can talk as much as possible. So I want to thank all you kids and the listeners and everybody coming up to me at practices and everything saying that the podcast is wonderful and they love it and you know that really instills a lot of passion and uh, motivation within myself and everybody else within the community too that you guys love the podcast so I, I really appreciate it so keep it up. Uh, I'm doing my best to try to keep on giving out swag. We've gave given out like $400 in t-shirts and stickers and everything so far. Um, we're trying to do more and then I got to get the, um, uh, trophies and everything ordered up. I think the lit kit award is going to be sick. Uh, we're call or the dapper award. We're calling it the dapper award. Um, that's going to be awesome. Uh, it turned out really good. So I'm excited to see what Jeff with FAF graphics and, uh, some of the MX trophies and stuff that we are going to get for you guys and how awesome they're going to be turning out. So if you have any recommendations or anything, keep, uh, filling us up in with it, uh, what you guys want to get or receive as far as being out on the track. And then I think once race season starts and we start doing, uh, getting in a couple of different race series, um, the podcast is just going to keep on growing and growing and growing from there. Uh, we got a pretty exciting phone call last night, um, from a gentleman that I've mentioned on the show before, but they got us the hookup with some of the like serious factory writers. Like, uh, one of the gentlemen is the top person in his, uh, racing industry. Um, so I'm not trying to give any details out. I'm just going to let, it kind of develop, and I know it's a for sure thing and everything with uh, some of the other people that are involved as well. So I'm excited to finally kind of get the ball rolling on it. Uh, the other thing, too, is Donnie Hansen's coming to Colorado in March. He's going to be doing his training series and everything, the three-day series down in 
Colorado Springs. So it's limited to 10 people. So if you want like trained up or anything, buy one of the best and uh, the Supercross champion and a world champion and a national champion. Uh, hit up Donnie. He also has his son that he developed, Josh Hansen, one of my favorite writers and kind of the best moto dad. Um, in my opinion so far, I mean, they're all great, but he is, uh, kind of the top notch with his daughter and how he involves her with every aspect of his life is pretty, um, admirable and, uh, and a pretty good role model. All right. So let's take a word from our sponsors. Everybody remember with these sponsors, they're the most passionate, um, companies within Colorado, I believe, um, in just, in my opinion, I guess. Uh, they all reached out to me and they wanted to help the, the community support grow and everything. And without them, none of this would be possible. I wouldn't be able to get any of this stuff. I wouldn't be able to support myself with all these ideas. So they're really passionate with the community. And if there's anything they can help you with, reach out to them and use those discount codes with applied. Uh, get trained up with Donnie Hansen. Um, if you need some excavation work up in northern Colorado, contact GoX Services. If you're living in like Southern Colorado and you need a vehicle worked on, go contact Compact Auto Repair and mention the podcast and they're going to be taking good care of you. And all these companies that you're hearing and everything, try to support them because they are in turn supporting you without even like giving you anything or they're, they're supporting the community the most. So let's reach out and try to help them out too. So for all the other companies that are supporting the community, keep it up. Um, you don't directly have to, to support the con, uh, podcast to support the community, right? Uh, but we do want to get your stories on on the tape and your ideas and everything. So reach out. And if you want to do some podcasts with us or uh, just kind of lay down some stuff out here, then let us know. We're more than willing to uh, get more content, good content for all the listeners out there. Hey, are you looking for that factory look and treatment for your bike? How about that name and number on the back of your jersey so the ladies and the potential sponsors know who's riding that bike? Yeah, is that you? Then you need to go check out FAF Graphics because they give you the factory treatment. Located here in Pueblo, Colorado, FAF Graphics will get you your bike looking just right for your next race. You need that moto seat to match the graphics? They do that too. So go email Jeff today at sales at fafgraphics.com. Applied Technology brings Racetech suspension products, service, and enterprise to the Rocky Mountain region. With extensive experience in Racetech products and applications, we provide the same level of suspension service and support that you come to expect from the Racetech headquarters in Corona, California. Be sure to mention code RMRR2020 for a discount on your suspension service. Compact Auto Repair is your complete car and truck repair center. Don't let the name fool you. We do it all from domestic imports and diesels. Family owned and operated, servicing Southern Colorado since 1982. From minor and major repairs, we can't fix all your problems in life, but we can fix your ride. Give Riley a call today at 719-543-0731. That's 719 
0731. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Derek? Uh, it's going pretty well. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, just wanted to say thanks for coming on the show and everything. I hope you're doing yes, well. Yes, sir. Work wasn't too bad. Oh, man, we're doing all right now. We're home. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's Friday. Crack a cold one and sit back, buddy. Yep, a cold case. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yep. ba- basically, uh, if you want to just start and give us uh, the rundown on how you got into motocross and then continue about the advancement of your career, and then for those who don't quite know, uh, just kind of lay it down for us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, Derek Anderson, uh, local Colorado dude. And uh, grew up and raised SRIC all the way from the XR80 days in the in the 80 beginner to uh, to the pro class. And um, you know, I uh, I didn't really take it seriously until I turned about seven. Like I my my first year pro, I turned pro when I was 17, just local pro. And uh, uh, when I turned 18, uh, I did my my first na- uh, national actually, which was at the uh, the night national out at Lakewood. That was my first national ever. And uh, it wasn't until that point I was like, well, I did pretty pretty decent for my first outing. I was like, man, I might have a a shot at this, you know, uh, at least at least uh, you know do better than what I'm doing now. So I uh, put my head down and and uh, got to training, and uh, you know, uh, it was kind of history. You know, I had some good results in the nationals, and and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how it went down. If you want to really sum it up, yeah. So one of the listeners asked. Uh... Like, what was your first bike that you first got? What was uh, the brand and and size or anything? Um, so I can I can I can give you two bikes actually because I uh, I, th- I think my parents really uh, bikes because my dad, my grandpa, they both rode dirt bikes and all that stuff uh, growing up, and uh, so they got me a, a KTM fifty, and uh, in which I I broke my carb on uh, right away and to be next until I was about twelve years old. And, uh, at which I, uh, I got, I got pretty decent at for what it was. And then I, I got myself, uh, or my, my, my parents got me a XR 80 and, uh, from there I, I, they got me a, a KX 80. And then from, I went from straight from a KX 80 to a, a KX 250 actually, uh, just, just with our property where we ride at, we couldn't have loud bikes and a four stroke wasn't going to work out and we didn't. We wanted me to get used to the power of a, of a big bike, so we didn't want to go with a 125. So I went from an 85 to a 250 uh, when I was 15 years old, but uh, but it all worked out. Yes, essentially an XR80 was my actual first bike that got pursued in the motocross uh, career, and uh, yeah, that's, that's where that's where it went from there. Dude, that's awesome, and uh, that's cool of your parents too to let you keep doing it even with an injury and everything too. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, I wrecked when I was, I was on a 50 and then I, uh, I went to BMX and, and then I, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm at 12 years old. You don't really know if you're getting burnt out or not such thing as that. I don't believe, but, um, I just, uh, I always had a passion for dirt bikes. I always watched, uh, the, the VHS re-recordings of, of all the supercrosses and motocrosses that my dad had. And then, uh, I just always had a had an in for it, man. I just, I just was addicted to it. And then, uh, we got the, the XR 80 and the rest was history. 
Yeah, it's definitely, you can tell in individuals, it's definitely in their blood. Uh, what was the most important, like the most difficult in- injury to overcome? And then how did you deal with the struggles? Uh, was it your back injury uh, when you, uh, back in 2011, I think? Yep, that's actually, that's pretty good. Uh, so actually it would have been 2010. I, uh, at the end of the year, um, was at his last national it was uh, Paula National. I was, I was, got a good start. I was behind Kevin Windham in a rut, and uh, I just got a face full of roost, but I didn't care. I was eating that shit up because I was behind Kevin Windham, and I, I just, I remember watching his bike dropped right into a hole. It was a, a rut that extended out of the corner, and I, I hit the rut so hard, and I felt it in my back. Like I just, it didn't, I didn't notice it like that day or that week, that month. Um, I just I remember my, my hitting that hole so hard like my back like everything kind of went for it numb for a second and then it went away i just i feel and actually uh that year uh, uh usa went to the motocross nations uh over in in lakewood for the and andrew short row for the team uh canard and, and dungy and actually i got to ride with short <clears throat> out at uh uh a friend elizabeth and like i in between that time as a little i couldn't put my hands to my knees. It got to the point where like, it was hard to look down. It's got kind of a sharp shooting pain. And uh, basically what it was, was a a herniated disc in my back. And uh, maybe it wasn't like the worst injury at first. It wasn't like a broken bone. Like this is bad. Let's go get it fixed. Now It's something that steadily progressed and uh, and got worse. And um, so I had a head surgery on my lower back to alleviate the pain off the nerve to, so I can get some, so I can start, you know, bending over to touch my toes and tie my shoes in the morning. And uh, so honestly, that was kind of a, an injury that was probably the one of the worst to overcome, but like it wasn't the worst as far as a, an impact injury. Like I broke both my wrists at the same time and eight weeks later I was on the bike. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's if you want to look at the, the big picture, um, yeah, re- the back injury in 2010 was probably, probably one of the worst. Yeah, that, that had been scary and then just weird feelings and everything. Uh, I can't imagine. I don't want yep. to be in the position either, but uh, you came out ahead and, and fought right back because uh, you finished the top 10 at the Nationals. Uh, being a, a top 10 rider down at Freestone, I believe. And then uh, that must have been a pretty amazing feeling, uh, being top 10. Could you ex- like talk about some of your emotions then? And then was 2012 what you feel like the top of your game? I feel like, uh, I feel like 2012 was definitely probably the, out of all the years I raced and, you know, uh, I, I think 2012 was probably one of the, the highlighted years. Um, 2013 was pretty sweet cause I actually did supercross and motocross in 2012. I only did motocross, but, uh, you know, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth with my career because it's, it's, uh, you know, I did after, after freestone, after that, that top 10 second moto finish, I got ninth, you know, after that you know, like it was, I was like, I had expectations then. And, uh, actually at at Lakewood the following weekend, um, I was, uh, I was running good. I think I was like ninth or eighth or something like that. And in the second moto, I was doing good. I was, I was living up to, to what I did the weekend before. And I, uh, I, I did a section wrong and I really like hyper extended my ankle and uh, a couple laps later, like a couple laps before the finish line, uh, the checker flag, I tipped over, uh, because my, my ankle hurt and I couldn't, I couldn't keep the bike up. And, um, 
that uh, that injury just in my ankle kind of lingered out the rest of the series, and it, I feel like it hindered me from uh, what I what I could have been, if you will. But I was, and maybe most factory riders would have just like, uh, all right, you know, I got my paycheck, you know, I'll uh, I'll sit out a handful of rounds, heal it up, and I'll come back swinging. But like, it, when you're a privateer, you know, there ain't no time for that. You just gotta keep going. So uh, yeah, you know, 2012, I definitely had uh, uh, some very good finishes. Uh, uh, you know, some finishes I'm very proud of, considering uh, you know where we come from here in Colorado. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that. But uh, you know, as a as an athlete and and a professional athlete, I don't I don't know if you're ever fulfilled, if you will. You know, you can win all the championships, but maybe you didn't win all the races. You know, I as I just don't know how you uh, you feel very accomplished. But um, you know, there is definitely some results to uh, to hang my hat on at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're trying to say. And then, uh, I I've only heard it through the grapevine and everything. So I, I kind of want to get it out from you. And if, are, are you officially retiring, uh, or are you just going to step out for a little while and then maybe come back and race the, the local series or, or are you officially going to be kind of settle down and go for the, the moto family route? Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm definitely officially retired. Um, I don't know if you want to call it officially retired as if I, I get called out to do the, you know, ride for a, a certain company for, uh, for the dealer cup or something, or there's an exhibition race where, uh, you know, maybe I get a, uh, uh, an urge to go get after it again. Uh, maybe I'll get out there, but you know, um, I, I've, I've done what I needed to do. I feel like, uh, I've, I've done, I've lived up to my full potential and everything that I've, I've, you know, uh, giving back. I've, I just, uh-huh. I feel like I've done all I needed to do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, uh, at, at 30 years old, if I were to come back, you know, it's just, uh, you get to a certain point in your career, you know, there's, there's no half ass in it anymore. Like you just like you, I want to go do the nationals. I want to go, you know, get points. I want to go try and make a super cross man. I mean, there's, I can't get that out of my mind. I can't settle with just, you know, maybe I'll just go, uh, race a, a couple races and, and just see how I can do. I mean, there's no such thing as that, you know, there's, if I'm investing time and money and my effort into it, I want to, I want to go for it full, full time. And, um, you know, yeah, I just, uh, I've, I've done what I needed to do. Uh, I'm content with, with what I've done. And, uh, you know, if I can give back to the motocross community, the Colorado motocross community, uh, you know, teaching lessons or just being at the track and representing, uh, the, the people I still, uh, support, you know, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be there for them, but, uh, but yeah, you probably won't uh, won't catch me lining up anytime soon. Yep, and that's the what you said just before there too uh, is exactly what I kind of want to encourage you as well because uh, hearing everybody within the community too, you are a huge vital part uh, of our community in the motocross. A lot of people look up to you, so if you keep on doing with those or if you want to do those lessons and, and train some upcoming riders and everything, uh, and you need any support or anything with that, let us know. And, uh, we want you to be a huge part and keep being a, a vital member of our community. Cause, uh, I, I didn't know you back in the day or anything, but I used to race the, or not race the, just play those video games, the MX versus ATV Supercross, And mm-hmm. you were, you and Tucker were always in it and kicking my butt. And I'm always wondered like, who's this Derek Anderson guy? And the next thing you know, I meet you at Thunder Valley and I mean, 29 years old, 28 years old. And I was a kid in a candy store. So I, I really <laughs> encourage you to stay part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. I mean, uh, you know, Colorado motocross, I feel like it's, uh, 
I mean, I'm going to sugarcoat it, man. I, I feel like it's, it's dying off, you know? Um, I mean, for the pros, I'll, I'll say how it is. I mean, it feels like the, the money isn't in it for the pros like it used to be. I remember when I was 17 years old, I was first year pro and I was, I was lucky to get a top three, you know, maybe, maybe count me in like a top eight guy, you know? Uh, but I made enough money in my first year racing pro to, to buy, uh, I mean, it wasn't a brand new truck, but I brought, uh, this is 2007. I bought a, a really nice Silverado for myself and, uh, paid, paid cash for it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of money to be made and, you know, um, I just, I go back to thinking, uh, motocross, man, motocross was so sweet back in the day. I wish, I mean, I was a couple years older to, to race in that, the heyday of Colorado motocross. Uh, there's a lot of sweet there. I remember, I remember my first year pro, I mean, we had a, we had a stack gated Aztec. I mean, Shane Descent, Bannisters, uh, I mean, just everyone, Adam Harvey, uh, Doug Levitt, uh, Aaron McClintock. I mean, there was just a line full of pros, man. And, uh, everyone would show up and race and man, if you can get a top 10, you're, you're a badass in Colorado. And, um, it's, uh, it's not quite like that anymore. You know, um, I, I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, it's, it's still fun. I mean, the tracks are still prepped and I just, I don't know, I don't know what, what's, what's kind of gone different with it, but, uh, I definitely, I, I do miss it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I wish I was in that heyday of motocross and I, I appreciate your support and I'm definitely uh, going to continue to, to give back for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We've mentioned that in a couple past, I think almost three or four episodes of trying to get the pro class more stacked because that's ultimately what gets the spectators going. That's what everybody's kind of wanting to watch as well. Nothing against the, the non-pros either because we love watching the open pro non-pro too. Um, the only thing is, is like that is kind of what drives the, the local series is those local pros. So um, we picked up on it and we wanted to kind of make it a little bit better as well because like all you guys and your experiences and stuff, we've heard some stories about those heydays and I don't know where we can get the money from um, or try to make it better. Um, we're going to all have to try to compile our heads together and try to figure that out. But I totally agree. We definitely need a better pro class. I think it's, uh, I think it's a mixture between the, the, ser- the, the, the series, um, you know, whoever's promoting the whole series in itself. I feel like it's between the promoters, it's between the dealerships. I mean, it's, it's between a lot of people. I remember, I mean, I remember, I, I think they, they all need to come together and, and, and figure out something. Um, I remember when I was, when I was 16, when I was a B rider getting ready to turn, when I was looking at all those. And, uh, I mean, even, even, uh, you know, on the 80 days, I just remember watching the pro class. I just was like, all right, man, I want to get there. And, you know, um, they, uh, nowadays the pro class, it's, it's, uh, it's a handful of dudes or, we're getting out there, getting it, but it's not like we got a full gate, like who's going to win this, you know, there's, there's kind of some assumption that goes on, but you know, uh, you know, the, the pro class back in the day, it brought a lot of hype, you know, you didn't know who was, who was going to win. There's a couple favorites, but man, wouldn't you like to see those guys lose, you know, like well, you, you want some spoiler to, to come out, you know, there, there was a lot of, a lot of craziness that happened back in the day. And, um, you know, it's, it's not like that anymore. Um, at least I don't feel like it, but, uh, you know, it, it'll get brought back. Um, it'll get brought back. Yep. I agree. Uh, I mean, ultimately it's the people, um, it's us, uh, we'll, we'll, there'll be a need. It, 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 you're totally right. It will. Uh, 
So talk a little bit about these uh, awesome fresh two strokes you've been picking up. Yeah, man, I'm I'm just uh, I'm full on two stroke. (laughs) (laughs) How how do you find these things in the crates and not even been started lately? You know, um, it started with uh, actually I just sold it. I'm kind of sad. I started with a KX250. And, uh, and then it went to my, actually, no, it, it actually started with my wife's, uh, 2005 RM125 we bought it was super cherry. I got back from, uh, training for supercross from California and doing the nationals. And we bought my KX250 and then I bought an RM250 and this, this is all kind of starting off on Craigslist. And, uh, but anymore, I mean, I just, I've, I've, I, I surfed the internet. I mean, um, I, I try and go to the depths and, and, you know, go somewhere where someone else is not going to go, you know, but, uh, but now it's just kind of word of mouth. You know, I have a decent little collection going, but, uh, and people are reaching out to me on Instagram and, and, uh, other social media avenues and just saying, Hey, uh, we have this buddy who doesn't want to deal with Craigslist or anyone else. And he wants his bike to go to a good home. You know, what would you offer for this thing? And I, don't get me wrong. I, I turned down quite a few, quite a few, I get a, I get a lot of, uh, a lot of bikes thrown my way. Um, a lot of bikes that are, I mean, I, I, uh, 2008 RM 250 in the crate got sent my way. Um, that's about a month ago, but the guy wanted just uh, a ton of money for it. And then, you know, I gotta be realistic with what I'm doing too, but you know, I don't even, I don't even think it's owning the bikes per se that I like, like about it. I think it's just the hunt, you know, I just, I love making that deal on a bike that no one else made a deal on, you know, and I got it in my possession, you know, uh, and, uh, I definitely, you know, have some standards now. I got a bike in the crate. I got a bike that's never had gas in it. And I got a couple, you know, 30 minute bikes, you know, in my possession. That's just, uh, I don't know what's about it, man. It's just, uh, obviously a dirt bike enthusiast. Uh, uh, I'm always gonna, uh, you know, be, have a love for the two strokes just from my era and everything. But, uh, you know, where they come from now, it's just, honestly, it's kind of word of mouth. I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at Craigslist and the, the Facebook market and everywhere else, just like, just like everyone else. But, uh, yeah, people come to me with these crazy deals. Like, Hey man, I found a, a KX 500. That's, that's never been started. Never have gas in it. It's in Pennsylvania. And you go pick this thing up. I'm like, Oh man, dude, you're going to make me go broke. <laughs> right. Did you ever pick up a bike from Steve Mathis or anything? No, you know, um, there's, you know, through, through social media, like all those, those people will get tagged and some of my pictures and all that, but, uh, you know, nothing really comes of it, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to complete my collection. Um, I have the 07 KX 250 still in the crate. I have the 07 CR, uh, 250 that's never had gas in it. Um, I have a KX 500, I have the, uh, kicks, uh, oh, sorry. I have the CR125, RM250, RM120. I have all those bikes. Um, ultimately, the best collection, in my opinion, would be the last years of all those bikes ever made. But, um, you know, I have uh, at least the last model changed years. Like uh, I have a couple RM125s that are 05s, which they didn't really change to 07, but some graphic changes. Um, so I have, I have everything besides uh, a CR500. Um, so I'm going to find a CR500. And, uh, actually I need another KX 125. I just sold mine. I need to, I need to find a, a, a newer one. And, uh, then my collection will be kind of complete, uh, as far as what, can, what I can get my hands on, um, as far as the unattainables, you know, the, the stuff you can't get anymore. So, um, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be cool if, uh, you know, motocross action magazine or, uh, you know, vital MX did something on it, but, um, I want to wait till it's, uh, it's complete before I, I start, uh, pushing those guys. Yep. I, yep. That makes sense. Uh, 
your wife or anything get upset with the the garage space being limited? You know, she ha- she has one stipulation, and uh, you know, we were we were fortunate uh, still in our old house and buying the house we're in now. We uh, were able to get a three car garage, and she said the one stipulation is her car has to get in the garage. So it kind of sounds like it it doesn't matter if I have to build a build a shelf around her car as long as she can pull it in at night and keep it keep it out of the weather you know uh it sounds like she's not really going to give me too many fits so uh um <laughs> she's pretty she's pretty cool with it you know and uh you know i'm pretty 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 thankful for that yeah it sounds like that's a pretty easy accommodation for you <laughs> i'll take it all day man right uh so i just got one other question and then we'll uh get into the listeners uh questions uh yep i think you said that like Thunder Valley had a night race uh, earlier in this this interview. Yeah, so that was uh, so 2008. I guess, I guess they had two night races, to my knowledge. Um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, um, my first national was at the. It, it was in 2008. It was the night national, and uh, it's it's actually kind of funny about that race because I uh, had qualified for Loretta's uh, prior to that race, and. Um, the rule with the Loretta's is like, you can race a national race prior to Loretta's, but you can't score any points. Well, um, I remember the second moto, uh, at the national I was in, uh, I, I, what I thought on the pit board said, cause I, I was in like 18th or 19th, I was scoring points, uh, towards the end of the moto. I, what I thought the pit board said was let by two. So at the finish line, the second moto at Lakewood, um, I let by two guys at the finish line just so I can go to Loretta's that year. But <laughs> what my dad wrote on the pit board was it's up to you. So, uh, I don't know. You're just ripping by the pit boards. You just kind of see, uh, something about two and just let it go. But, uh, but yeah, 2008 night national at Lakewood was my first national. That's crazy. Uh, do you think night riding in Colorado, like for practices and everything is practical and, and we could start getting that implemented here? Um, I, um, I mean, with the maybe if we were in SoCal, where even in the winter it's maybe sixty degrees at night, um, even when it gets dark at five o'clock. Uh, sure, but you know, I just I think um, night riding in Colorado. I mean, it's it's a very small window of months you're you're able to operate, and just I just can imagine the expenses to to run that. I mean, it's just, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking like it gets dark at nine o'clock at night in the summer and I don't know who's going to really be right at night and going to work the next day. Um, that's just, that's just outside looking in. I've never really looked into logistics. Um, where I think Colorado would benefit is like some sort of indoor facility, you know, uh, a really big indoor arena that we can ride year round. I think that would really benefit Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. That was a great transition. And, uh, yeah, I was, I, that's great kind of thinking as well too i didn't think about that kind of stuff as well it's just kind of only one or or i guess almost three months is all you got if not less so that makes sense yep all right so the listener interviews uh we got at uh mwc878 wants to know if you can eat two chipotle burritos in one (laughs) sitting after a race man uh especially after a national i mean I will get out there and get Chipotle and uh, I'll go double meat guac and I will house two burritos on a regular day. No, no, you won't catch me uh, you know, at lunch during work, eat housing two burritos. But uh, 
I mean, you, you get a mud race or a, just a gnarly race out at brush or something like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll house two burritos easy and probably still be hungry. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Now I know what to, to get you. Uh, so at moto underscore seven sixty one wants to know what training regiment during the week, uh, pays off on the weekends and what they can do to better themselves every time they go out to the track. You know, um, whoever that was, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if you're in school or if you're a full-time, you know, worker or what, uh, what you have going on. But, uh, you know, I, I worked a lot during my career. And, um, one thing I always stuck to was, uh, uh, it's not the time you put into your effort. It's the effort you put into your time. So, uh, so if you work or if you're in school and you got an hour in the gym, that's all you got. Um, make that hour count. You know, if you got an hour and a half or two hours at the track, um, make it count. I mean, just get in, get your shit done and get out of there. Sorry, excuse my language. Uh, you know, it's, um, as, as far as training, uh, you know, you know, James Stewart, he, he has a great interview out there. It's, it's an old interview, but, uh, he, he talks about, um, writing, uh, nothing can substitute writing. Um, I, I firmly believe in cross training, you know, getting in the gym, getting fit. Um, you know, a lot of cycling, you know, uh, uh, maybe lifting a little bit of weights, you know, uh, uh, low weight, high reps. Um, you know, I, I definitely believe in all that, but nothing can substitute riding. Um, and honestly, just getting on the dirt bike, bothering your parents to get out to the track. You know, if you uh, are able to even ride in your backyard, it doesn't have to be, you know, don't get glamorous about it. It doesn't have to be a fully prepped track. You know, if, if it's a goat trail in, in your backyard, that's basically what I grew up on. I didn't have, I had a handful of jumps and, but we never prepped or watered nothing. I just rode the same track every day. And, uh, you know, I burned tanks and tanks and ran through it, burned f- filters up all the time, you know, just on the same hard pack track. And, uh, but that it got me to where I'm go- where I'm at now. I mean, for, for what it is, you know, um, I just, I, I cannot stress enough, just, ride as much as you can uh, you know, absolutely yep uh great great advice uh the last kind of one we got from killa underscore craig wants to know can you 12 o'clock a gram i, I might not pull through with it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll definitely i'm not i ain't scared to pull it up there you know uh i haven't really uh, uh spent a lot of time on the groms i i have one i've had a couple but uh you know, the, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think, uh, I leave that stuff for, uh, for the other guys. If, if it came down to it and I had to sure, but I wouldn't be confident in sticking it every time. Right. All right. Well, well, the amen, uh, that's, that's all I got, buddy. Um, if you have kind of use this, feel free, um, to voice anything, use your kind of your reti- retirement speech or anything. Cause, uh, my first ever awards was kind of this year and everything. I did a full race season, my first full race season and everything. And then after I got to see you up on, uh, getting your trophies and your awards and everything, you, you've been undefeated. Um, I was, I had the same feeling as kind of what I'm assuming you had. I was a little disappointed. You didn't get a chance to speak. So please use this as your platform to, uh, thank everybody, anybody you want and say whatever you want to buddy. Well, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. And, uh, thanks for, for taking notice to it. You know, um, I always, uh, try and stay pretty humble and, you know, uh, 
Yeah, maybe I w- it would have been nice to um to say something at the at the awards banquet, but uh, you know they got their they got their own thing going on and it just wouldn't work out. But uh, you know, um, I I am pretty proud of myself. Uh, you know, I as I said earlier in this interview, I I don't feel like I'm accomplished. You know, I never never got to I never got a factory ride. Um, you know, I never won a race. I never got a whole shot. I never won a championship or anything, you know? So I just, there's a lot that's left on the table, but, um, as I said earlier, there's, there's a lot to hang my, my hat on, you know, I got to do uh, a lot of cool things that a, a lot of people really never get to do. I got to meet a lot of great people. I got, got to ride a lot of just insane tracks that a lot, a lot of people will never really get to either. So, I mean, just, uh, you know, there's a lot to, a lot to hang my hat on and I'm, and I'm proud of myself and, um, you know, I, I feel like I, I represented Colorado well. I uh, did the best that I could for for what I had, and you know, we we made it work. So um, first and foremost, you mean you got to thank your parents and and your wife for uh, for putting up with you and, and all the you know the trials and tribulations that you go through. You know, uh, trying to make motocross work out, and um, a lot of great great sponsors along the way. You know, uh, Sun Honda really stepped up and and, uh, help me out with bikes and, and parts and all that, you know, uh, towards the end, later end of my career and, and Vickery helped me out in the beginning part of my career. And, um, you know, I just, uh, a lot of gear companies. I went, I went through a couple of gear companies, Fox, uh, and shift right at the end there. And, um, you know, one industries, MSR at the beginning and, uh, you know, um, you know, market defy graphics. He was, uh, he was a big, uh, you know, help to my, uh, to towards the end of my career. He really, uh, he really helped me out. Got to thank that guy. And, um, you know, just David Gonzalez, the spy. I mean, there's just, uh, there's just a ton of people that, uh, that really helped me out. And, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you really want to call this uh, a retirement speech. Let's get the hell out of it because you never know. You might, you might see me at a, you might see me at a race one day, you know, I might line it up if I feel all right, but, um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm proud of where I got to, you know, I'm proud of the things that I accomplished and, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm ready for another, uh, another step in my life. Absolutely, buddy. And we're excited to, to see it too. And, uh, you keep doing the the cross training stuff and having fun and just being you and I love watching all the the mountain biking stuff and I, whatever it may be you do I, I know you're gonna exceed with it because you're just that type of person you're cut from that cloth and uh, I wish you the best and I can't thank you enough for for coming on bud absolutely thanks for having me and uh, you know uh, honestly thank you for for having this show you know um it uh it's a little extra fire for for colorado motocross and uh you know we need to we need to keep that fire burning so uh so i appreciate you guys thank you thank you uh you need anything let me know buddy all right thanks buddy take care you too bye
Just like Derek Anderson said, uh, we're going to keep on fanning the flames and we're going to try to turn this fire that Colorado Motocross has into a bonfire. Um, as you saw uh, earlier in our episodes and everything, we mentioned an indoor track. Derek Anderson confirmed it that that's probably going to be the most beneficial thing in Colorado for us to have as riders so we can ride year round with uh, no, no snow on the ground, right? With what we're dealing with now. So... We can uh, keep on solidifying the fact that someone or we need to support someone to build an indoor facility. The also thing too is uh, we need to make the pro class better. I'm not a pro, so coming from a non-pro, that means that something needs to be done. Uh, I totally agree that if we did have this, that's going to be more money, more spectators, more uh, gate, gate fees, gate passes and everything. So like Derek said, whatever it may be, uh, industry, let's let's step our game up, and the community and everything. Let's see how we can do this and uh, help out. Whether it be, I don't know, maybe a GoFundMe account or basically just a pro pro purse or whatever for each race or something, or just the showdowns. Uh, whatever it may be, let's uh, start putting us on the map and being that much better, and start trying to get some of the other pros uh, in the surrounding states as well. <laughs> 